1: If I ventured in the this episode of Inside Golf Podcast is brought to you by rickrungood.com. All of the stats, tools, and info that I will be referencing on the podcast can be found over at com. Now is a phenomenal time to sign up. Football is officially over, golf is in full swing. And basically, from now until the tour championship, I will be providing. Tons of content over there. All of my premium articles every week. Access to me for any questions in that Slack channel. And really, most importantly, all of the tools that I believe are essential to golf betting and DFS. The most extensive model generator you will find. We made sure to have the most inputs out of any site out there. So if you really want to get weird With your models, we've got everything you could possibly want to plug in over there. Plus, incredible ownership projections from Michael Cavallunis. He'll be back on the podcast sometime soon. He continues to kill it week in and week out. I do not know where I would be without his ownership. Plus, all of the stats that you could possibly want. Live, Corn Fairy Tour, European Tour, hey, all you people saying Shane Lowry sucks right now. Maybe the site you use isn't showing you the fact that he just gained over seven strokes on approach less than a month ago at the Abu Dhabi championship. That's the type of stuff I would like to know and have in my model before I make decisions for betting and DraftKings. Don't know about you guys, um, but the site has absolutely everything strokes gained from the major championships Another thing that I don't understand, how people would build models without. So sign up today using promo code Andy. That is the important part. And we would love to have you as part of the team. All right, coming up on this podcast, myself and my very good friend. he is the deputy editor of Golf Digest. He's the co-host of the Loop podcast, and he oversees the 100 greatest Golf Courses panel for Golf Digest. I'm, of course, talking about Stephen Hennessy, pretty much the only guy that I could have on for a podcast where we gush over what makes Revere so special, plus all of our picks, some bets, some sleepers, a little Super Bowl talk, a little Tiger talk, and so much more. So without further ado, let's talk to Steve. All right. Steve Hennessy is here, deputy editor of Golf Digest, also the co-host of The Loop. He is in charge of the Golf Digest Top 100 Greatest Courses panel. Speaking of The Loop, though, what's like the opposite of a podcast bump? Because I woke up this this Monday morning. And now everybody hates Xander Shoffley, my favorite golfer. <laughs>
2: I know what happened. Xander was like, you know, the nice guy who was sneaky, funny and right. Yeah. We had him on our pod last week. And now all of a sudden he's Patrick Reed and Bryson, you know, cheating, getting these <laughs> crazy drops.
1: Well, that's the thing is it's like, I, I saw somebody tweet like, Oh man, can you imagine what the reaction would be if, Patrick Reed did something like this. And my response to that was, yeah, well, it's like, you know, context matters in these situations. Like Xander has consistently been one of the most well-liked and well-respected players on the PGA Tour by his peers, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas Patrick Reed has a little bit of a different reputation. But then I had guys starting to send me all these things out of the woodwork of all these different times where Xander had these really questionable drops that I didn't even realize had happened. So I don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore, Steve.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, if that teaches us anything, it's that people on Twitter will dig up dirt on anybody. So no one's safe.
1: It was some guy found something from the 2017 open where he was like in a bush or something like that. But I don't know. I don't want to sit here and defend the drop. But of everything that I know in my interactions with Xander and, you know, more so really the people around Xander that I know than his team, you actually you actually know him personally he doesn't take me as a guy that is trying to play fast and loose with that type of stuff, but it's it's not me defending the drop here either. I mean, I, you know, what do we do with animal holes? I guess is the question we have to ask.
2: I know. I mean, listen, like, I think any golfer in, who encounters that situation, like is probably going to ask for a ruling and it's well within Xander's right to ask for a second ruling. And, you know, if anyone else did that, maybe we would call them out. Maybe we wouldn't, but you know, it's, it's, I think it's good that golf Twitter is kind of holding him accountable. Look, look, it's like the the penalty, the holding penalty in the Super Bowl, like, right. you know, tough call to make in that moment. And Xander was like dead behind a tree, like pretty tough look to get that drop in that moment. But right. you know, all you could do is play by the rules and that it's kind of like what he did. He got a ruling from the rules official and they said, yeah, that that's a burrowing animal hole within the rules
1: well speaking of the super bowl how'd you end up how was your day overall
2: dude we got to talk about this octopus bet have you heard about this no, octopus bet is,
1: we, it's no, a new elaborate. i think it's a new thing
2: i had not heard about it until like an hour before the super bowl it's this new <laughs> bet where if the same player scores a touchdown and a two point conversion in the same consecutive sequence it's an ocu- octopus because it's eight points eight octopus so it's, it was thirteen 0 one. I bet it because I also bet uh, that a team would have a uh, successful two-point two point conversion.
1: Conversion that was a good one. I'm kicking myself so for correlation. That yeah, there's a yeah good, that was a good thirteen a one. There.
2: So that yeah. made the day because that was a pretty big win. So uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I also had the Chiefs to win. So.
1: Me too. Are Did you go crazy on props or like, are you a big like cross sport guy? Like, do you, cause I'm not like, I kept it pretty simple. Yeah. I had a massive, I had a massive bet on the chiefs and like one smaller prop bet, but it was mainly like, I just, it's too hard for me to keep track of all those things too. It was like, it reminds yeah. me of the days where, you know, when I first started golf betting, you know, I'm betting 30 top 20s a week, and <laughs> I have 30 guys starred on the leaderboard. It's like right. I don't even know who I'm rooting for anymore.
2: Yeah. At some point, it's like becomes not fun because you have like competing interests. Uh, right, I had right. like four or five props, not cross sports, but like, you know, just prop bets I felt strongly about. And, you know, I hit like at like 70% of those. So it, it was a, it was a great week, uh, great weekend. So,
1: how was Phoenix overall for you? You weren't on Scheffler, uh, were you? Were you last was... year with us? Cause I feel like last year, I know no. last year was a bit of a, I usually miss out on the community wins because I usually don't go in that direction. But I specifically remember last year being a fun one with uh, us all on Scheffler.
2: Yeah, I was on the Kepka one before that. CP was on yep. Scheffler. He'll tell you about it 20 <laughs> times. Um, I missed that. And then he hit Neiman. <laughs> The next week, he'll tell you about that. I missed both of them. So, <laughs> no, I wasn't on Scheffler this time. I was on Morikawa, who missed the cut. Uh, I was on Sung Jay, who's in the mix. But I was on um, Sungjae,
1: too. Now, that was a good pick, man. We were close with that one.
2: Yeah, we were. We were. I like both those guys this week, too. We'll get into it. But, uh, yeah, not my week last week.
1: So, this week is, would you say... Uh, I I don't know if this is a hot take. I'm just I'm bringing spicy nuts nugs back because I don't know why you think of these genius segments for the loop and then you just you just remove them without telling anyone. I know where is spicy know. nugs gone. It's gone.
2: You know we were waiting for Wendy's to come sponsor and that never happened. So you know that we, we had to push it to the wayside. I'm glad you're bringing it back.
1: Well, I I don't know if this qualifies as spicy nug, but I think that this is for the players the sixth most important tournament of the year to them. Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's a hot take? I don't think I think if you pulled the I think if you pulled the players and you said rank the most important tournaments for you to win, I think this is six after sawgrass and the four yeah, makes exactly championships.
2: after the players. I mean right. And is that just a money thing because well, the players yeah. was always a bigger purse or well, like maybe I- this week's bigger than the players in a lot of players' eyes.
1: Do you think that I could kind of see that I, I, you know, because I always felt like there was something about like with the Memorial and the Arnold Palmer Invitational, there was so much behind like, and you know, rest in peace, obviously I guess the API has lost a little bit of it, but there was so much about that tournament was like that handshake with Arnold Palmer walking off the 18th green and, you know, same thing at the Memorial, you get that handshake yeah. with Jack Nicklaus walking off the 18th green. I think for a lot of these players, especially the guys in like their mid to early 20s, their are uh, that handshake and picture with Tiger with the trophy is like probably more meaningful than, you know, I would think of any. I mean, I guess like, I don't know. What do you think a player cares about winning uh it's just it gets complicated with the money cuz I was going to yeah, say the exactly. FedEx Cup but the FedEx Cup's just too much money. I guess what do you think is more what do you think a player cares about winning more Riviera or a FedEx Cup playoff event if they had the same purse?
2: Oh the same purse. I think absolutely Tigers event at Riviera. I think there's like, you know, a universal respect for Riviera as being like Agreed. the best golf course that they play on tour, yes. probably outside of the majors, obviously with Augusta. But um, yeah, I mean, I think back to last year when Billy Horschel won the memorial and Jack Nicholas was congratulating him and Billy Ho was like, thanks, bro. Like, where's the respect for Jack? He just called Jack Nicholas bro. He's like in his 80s. I think, you know, in like 10 years, like when Tiger is not really playing anymore, this will be like you know, the, the event outside the majors, I think for now the players is probably, you know, a notch above it, but outside of that, yeah. Six event, six most important event. I'm with you.
1: Well, it's funny to me because I remember Neiman walked off the golf course and in the post round interview, they asked him and he was like, this is the most special moment of my life, just far of of my golfing career. (laughs) <laughs> and then I remember, I don't even remember if he won an individual event or if it was his team winning live, but he 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 won live something and was like literally six months after he had just won uh Riviera and gotten the trophy handed over from Tiger. He was like, Yeah, this is the biggest sports moment in my life. It's like, <laughs> dude, you like really? Because you just said the one with Tiger was, buddy.
2: Just lying through their teeth. Unbelievable, but good, good for them cashing in. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, this is the week for me at this it's, golf course. Hell yeah.
1: Yeah. I would say it's probably the most excited I get to watch a golf. Yes. Tr- have you been? Have you attended this event, Steve?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Have walked Riv a number of times. Um, long time ago. It's the last time I was there. But uh, I mean, it's so impressive this property. As you know, Andy, being from this area, it's, The fact that george thomas like did what he did with you know this kind of flat canyon yeah in the hills i mean the natural undulations like the rolling terrain there's like really nothing like it i'm with you it's my favorite week um i wish we could see like every hole more often more cameras like we're getting there all that kind of stuff but i mean just like little stuff like you know the fifth hole with the You know, the man-made kind of hill, 60 yards from the green, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, and obviously the 10th, but like, there's like 10 other awesome things about Riviera uh, that, yeah, being there and seeing it in person, you're like, holy shit, this is on another level.
1: I was really thinking about that, like this summer, we're really going to like... Imagine if George Thomas just stayed in Philadelphia, right? Imagine if he just stayed on the East Coast because this is a guy that grew up with Hugh Wilson and George Crump and William Flynn and Tillinghast and together these guys were kind of the Philadelphia school of golf course architecture design. There's a great book on this too, um, that I would recommend to anyone that's interested in this stuff. But basically, you know, these guys, uh, are responsible for, Marion and Pine Valley and Winged Foot. And I mean, all of the countless classic Tillinghast courses and George Thomas basically says in 1919, like, hey, I'm just going to go to the West Coast. And because of that, this, you know, this year we get treated to, in my belief, and I mean, it depends where you stand on Bel Air would be the only other course that Mm -hmm. I would throw in the mix there. But we in the span of what? two months, we get to see, in my opinion, one of the greatest to ever do it's two masterpieces in the span of two months.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when Riviera opened, people called it the Pine Valley of the West and LACC is... Ranked higher than it uh in Golf Digest rankings, and I, I think mean, that's
1: it's getting... I think it's a little bit better. I do. I think the I think yeah. you have the rankings right. I think like yeah. gun to my head, LACC North is Thomas's masterpiece, and mm-hmm. Riviera is like one B.
2: Yeah, maybe like the fact that he did what he did with this land, like the routing itself, is maybe. More impressive i haven't been to lacc so you would you would know better i defer the, to you but...
1: the routing at riviera is really impressive yeah i mean that is, is... A, that is a golf course with real thought and consideration put into yeah. design in the sense that like this guy was thinking okay I, these guys need to hit a fade on this hole. Let's make sure that on the next hole, they need to hit a draw. I mean, yes. there was some real thought and consideration put into the routing of this golf course. Yeah. A
2: hundred percent. Yeah. The 11 and 12 is a perfect example of that everyone wants to talk about 10, but you know, you need to hit, uh, you know, the fade on 11 and draw on 12. I yeah. mean, it's just so good.
1: Where do you stand on 10?
2: I really like 10. Um, you know, obviously like technology has kind of made, made it not as good as, See, as that's it was back things, in the day.
1: Now I feel like they all just do the same thing, which doesn't mean it's not a great golf hole, but I think it's yes. almost, I think it's almost a better golf hole for amateurs now than it is for pros.
2: A hundred percent. It's a little, you get so much wonkiness that like it does at times feel like a little bit of like, you know, clown golf a little bit. <laughs> it, it, the gets green like that. is
1: borderline. Green, yeah, egregious. I mean, (laughs) it's ten yards
2: wide. It's like thirty-three hundred square feet. (laughs) I mean, like, what are we doing a little bit with it? But like, you know, a lot of people say that's why Riviera is great. The tenth hole, no, like there are like nine other holes. Oh, I would would say that the
1: tenth hole is not even in like the top seven or eight best holes on the course. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. We so, could break
2: this down for hours. Maybe I know yes,
1: literally. I mean, yeah. Did you read yeah. that? Did you read the book, by the way? Shackelford's George book? Thomas's book? Well, oh, Shackelford's Shackelford wrote a whole book on Riviera.
2: Yeah, I have not. Um, it's, it's heard okay. good it's, things about it.
1: It's good. I it mean, it's not like I'm not sitting here and saying it's like a must read or anything. I read it like on a on a plain audio book like yeah. a couple of years ago. But no, I mean, this is a golf course, like I was saying, and you know, the preview that I did, like, this is one for the (laughs) nerds. This is one for the people like you and I, I mean, there were Mm -hmm. entire books written about this golf course and there are many many of the golf courses that we see today wouldn't exist if it was not for some of the principles that were created on this golf course. So I have talked, I mean, I did 5,000 words in the rec article and then I Talked for another hour on the Sunday podcast. So I'm kind of all out on words from a course breakdown standpoint. But before we dive into the odds board, is there anything you want to touch on with Riviera before we talk about some of the guys?
2: You know, I intentionally didn't listen to your pod before I came on here because I didn't want to, you know, just basically break out everything that you said. Um, <laughs> so I don't want to repeat what you said. I'm sure you broke it all down how I would have. I think, uh, yeah, it's just a complete test. It's as complete of a test as we get on the PGA yes. Tour.
1: Balanced. I think. balance is the word. Like not the type Balanced of week sure. to say, okay, let me find a guy that's elite in one certain thing. I need to right. find the guy that does a little bit of everything well.
2: Yes. I, and I think... Like the data will tell us a a good story of that, but maybe more so it, it's kind of a feel week, I think, too, because the creativity and imagination you need around here, like the data doesn't necessarily point to any of that. Yeah. So I think, you know, you can look at like strokes gain total at Augusta, and that's a great, um, you know, kind of feel for that sort of stuff. But I think like the being able to work the ball, like hit the shots, like. I, I do think if you're someone who looks at just purely data, you, you might be missing some of the story by missing out on the shot making abilities you need at Riviera. And it's that's from T to green. So I, I think that's hugely important this week and probably factors into some of my handicap.
1: So let's talk about the top of the board. We have got actually, you know what? Let's get the tiger thing out of the way. Like, let's yeah. just let's let's talk about that first what are your realistic expectations for tiger this week? If I gave you over under 47th place, are you taking the over or the under over over meaning sure. like fifth, worse than 40, worse than 47th. Okay. Why?
2: Yeah. I, you know, Riviera is a really tough walk as you know, Andy, being there. Um, that max homa joked on twitter like they might have to carry him down the first tee and up uh 18 <laughs> like just
1: build an escalator or something they yeah. they need
2: to yeah i mean it's that's as steep of a you know you know incline as you get on the pga tour i, yes. I would have like i love to see tiger don't get me wrong but i kind of wish he was not playing this week just to kind of save up for uh for the players like players is more of a more of an easy walk for him, you know, yeah. shorter, better iron test. So my expectations are minimal for him this week. We just don't know um, what kind of version of Tiger we're going to get when he need, when he has to walk. Like the match was a different animal, being able to be in the cart. So, yeah, I mean, if he makes a cut, it's like incredible, I think. I yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what his odds are to make the cut. If, if it was like minus 150 or better, I would bet him to miss the cut. Um, yeah. I just think this is like, get the competitive rust out of the way, gear up for the major season, but you know he's going to be here anyway this week. So he's trying to prove to himself he could still do it.
1: Well, I think you kind of already said it, which is, you know, when you briefly mentioned like you could look at something like strokes gained total at Augusta, I think the reason why he's playing this event is because this is the closest yeah. that you're going to find to Augusta. True. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there is a huge correlation in the things that you have to do well at Augusta and at Revere. I mean, think about both of these courses. These are both courses that ask you to head off a bunch of uneven lies, right? right? These are both courses that feature very deep and difficult bunkers, undulating greens with a lot of like subtle internal breaks, a lot of very detailed contouring, right? And it's not going to come as a huge surprise that there's all this massive crossover on the leaderboard, right? Like Bubba Watson, who's like the ultimate creative work the ball both ways, not a, not a coincidence that he's been so great at both courses. Right. And then you, yeah. you run through the guys and it, you know, the, the, the uh, JTs and the ROMs and the Adam Scott's and the Hideki's and all these guys that have been so great at both of these courses is because, uh, Augusta's and Riviera basically asking. I'm, um, yeah, you know, I'm. Listen, I know they're not the perfect comp courses. There's a ton more room to operate off the tee at Augusta, and you have different agronomy right. there too. But in terms of what both courses are asking you, um, I think Tiger's probably looking at this and saying, okay, if I can answer some of the questions that Riviera is asking me, then that's my best prep to be able to answer some of the questions that Augustus is going to ask of me.
2: Yeah. That That's well said, and th- that's definitely what he's thinking. I, I just kind of wish he was resting up a little bit uh, yeah. selfishly as a Tiger fan. So, I mean, it's going to be appointment TV, obviously, to have him back at a regular PGA Tour event. So, super stoked.
1: So, I was doing a podcast with our friend Joe Idoni right before we went on, like literally an hour ago, and he was mentioning to me, and I would even know that Liv's first event was next week, But can you imagine what if he Well, you know, just to put our conspiracy conspiracy theory hat on for a minute, can you imagine like how much air that would take out of the first week of Lev if Tiger does something (laughs) this week? I mean, seriously, and that was why it was almost like, man, wouldn't it be funny if he played the Honda? Because Liv strategically plans their schedule around the, and again, I think there's no reason that he would realistically do that because I think that, it, you know, again, if you're thinking about the majors, which I think is what Tiger only cares about at this point, like you're playing Riviera instead of the Honda, but can you imagine how much air that's going to take out of the room for the next week? If Tiger does something special over the weekend?
2: I don't know if Charles Schwartzel wins in Mayakoba, Andy. I think the whole <laughs> golf world is talking about that instantly. I don't know about you. Oh, a thousand percent, man. I I do wish like the Honda would be a great test for him. We ain't yeah, gonna see him at the too. Honda anymore. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That'd be fun too. No, but I'm with you. I think that I'm not like going out. So, are you going out of your way to bet against him? Are you like seeking out matchups? Are you seeking out miscuts? Are you are you going out of your way against him or you're kind of just neutral?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed Data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: That's a great question. I like I said, if if the odds were like minus 150 or better, I would bet him to miss the cut. Um matchups kind of it would probably depend who it's against. I would bet against them. So I'm like mostly neutral. Maybe I'll like I'm kind of hedging against my personal bias for Tiger by betting against them. I love to do that with my teams that I root for. I bet against them often. That way I'm like happy either way.
1: Either way, right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I, I would, I think. I, I I don't expect that much from him this week, to be honest.
1: Yeah, me neither. Um. Well, yeah. let's talk about some players that we do expect something out of. And uh, I'm looking at the top of the odds part here. John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler. Kind of in their tier of their own now. All those guys are 11 to yeah. 1 and lower, but I'll throw into the mix. Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Max Homa are the guys that can kind of consistently be found at most places under 20 to 1. Have you made a move on any of those guys?
2: I did. There was a 1901 this morning uh, at a book that I know you like, Andy, on on JT and I mm. know you're a huge JT Stan. And I, I just, I said it like over the weekend, I was like, I'm going to bet Justin Thomas. He, he should have won that tournament or at least should have been real close to winning. He's so
1: yeah. close, Steve. He is so yeah. close and he wants it bad. Like I, yeah. I watched a lot of him on, and I bet him this week too. I didn't get him at 19. I got him at 16, but I watched a lot of him cause he was on featured groups. Like, yep. He is, he is close and he wants it bad right now.
2: The amount of like missed like five to seven footers were just incredible. It was like another guy who I I bet on already who like the ball striking is just immaculate. They just can't buy a putt. Now that's been a bugaboo of JT. So like that kind of scares me, but he plays so well at Riviera. Um, And he,
1: and he's putted well here too which is Correct. also key. He's putted well Revere too, which, but you're absolutely right. Nobody in the field hit the ball better outside of Scotty Scheffler than Justin Thomas last week. And if yeah. JT, JT was a neutral putter last week, if JT does anything on the greens, then he's right there in the mix with Scotty.
2: And to me, I like, it's time to call Justin Thomas, the best scrambler on tour. Like yep. he, 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 whatever sample size you want to look at 24, 36, 50 rounds. He's number one. I have, been, I have him as yeah. I have him
1: as the number one player around the green in this entire field, which is crazy. And I think that's it huge. Gets, it gets completely yeah. overshadowed based on his iron play, but JT's yes. like JT's got one of the best short games of our generation. Like it's yeah. it's it's, it's kind of unbelievable. it's not crazy to
2: say. I know yeah. he doesn't get the credit for it. So I think that's huge here. Everyone's gonna miss greens. So yeah, that, that's my move at the top. It obviously worries me. Rom, Rory, and Scheffler, but Rom just looked. Off to me, like he gained more than six strokes putting uh, in Phoenix. He
1: did look he, really. He looked like really weirdly off over the weekend. It was strange.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'd probably look to fade him in some matchups, maybe with Scheffler. Um, but yeah, it's JT outright for me.
1: So, if I had to ask you, like, if you had to start a DraftKings lineup at the top, would you play Rom, Rory, or Scheffler? Who scares you the most?
2: So. Rory probably scares me the most. I, you know, I'm not too worried about his performance last week. He's me, shaking yeah. off the rust over here yeah. in the states. Yeah, yeah, he's still my number one golfer. So I, probably Rory, then Scheffler, then Rom. Rom could obviously, you know, turn that around. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. He looked a little off last week.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I would choose. I would probably choose Rory of that bunch. Okay, so. Now, as we go a little bit deeper into this range of Morikawa and Cantley and Sung Jay and Hovland and Sam Burns and Jordan Spieth, who has your attention kind of in this like 20 to 40 range?
2: Yeah. So two guys for me. And we didn't mention Xander xander we didn't the mention shit out of me the too. most
1: the most maligned golfer on, <laughs> the most most controversial the most, player yeah, the, on the tour. most controversial player on tour xander we forgot to mention him
2: yeah he yeah he plays great here so he also scares the shit out of me i'm gonna be playing him in dfs for sure so yeah just in this range at least so morikawa the it was the short game last week in phoenix so I'm not too worried about it. I would go back to him, maybe more so as an outright than ZFS, like just in case he does, you know, yeah. not have his A plus game again. Um, But I will bet him outright. The the guy I'm most excited about in this range, Andy, is Jordan Spieth, and like him and JT, like to me, they they gained so many strokes ball striking last week. Spieth had his his best iron performance in over five years. Yeah, uh, he he gained. strokes on approach and yeah just watching him same as you with JT I because I jumped on speed over the weekend and I was watching so many of his shots like he was landing so many iron shots like right at the pin and they were releasing 15 20 feet out and he three jacked a a bunch because he can't make a four footer to save his life it's it's the weirdest thing that you know the best putter on tour has now become one of the worst so that scares me at Riviera but I'm willing to bank on that kind of like reverting back to what is like baseline is longer term. So forty to one for me on Jordan Speeds, like a little insane based on the ball striking numbers last week. I mean, do you agree? Like he he should love Riviera based on Augusta. And yeah, he's done well
1: here before. And he has done well here. Yeah. No, yeah. I do think this is a court. I think this is a good I, on paper course fit for jordan Speeth, and he has been good here he hasn't been amazing here but he's right. been good here i i mean th- literally the only reason why i didn't go in that direction were because there were a couple guys that i liked a little bit more down here but Speeth is absolutely on my radar uh for DraftKings and such for me i mean i just thought this was like There's a 33 to, and it's been hit now. It it was 20, 28s all morning, and there was a lingering, there was like one or two 30s and and a lingering 33 that I was lucky enough to catch. And now it's back down to like 25 and 26. But you're telling me, I mean, Patrick Cantlay, you know, this guy gets drafted third in our season long fantasy draft, Steve. And every single person in the room is saying, oh, man, what a good pick. And now he's the 12th guy on the odds board at a golf course that he is on the record about saying is one of his 10 favorite golf courses in the country. And he went to college five minutes away from and he's the 12th guy on the odds board. Like, what are we we doing, guys? It's Patrick (laughs) Cantlay. He's statistically. Talk about Disrespect. Statistically, you could make an argument that Cantlay is like he was a top five player in the world entering this year, and he missed a cut on the number in Phoenix. It's i he was my one and done, which really killed me, especially yeah. in a week like that. So I was tracking him, and he had a 12 foot putt to make the cut, right? Like mm-hmm. it's fine. I'm not concerned about him at all. But Cantlay is Cantlay's like us, Steve. Like he's a Did you get, have you, I got to Google it again. I don't have the list memorized, but I, he, he came out with his 10 favorite golf courses in the country. He wrote a list. It was on like, it was, I'll, I'll I'll find it. I'll give you a chance to vamp after I finish the point and find it. But some of the courses were like, it was like Riviera and Valley club of Montecito. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Holy shit. Like, this guy's got really good freaking taste. So, um, yeah. yeah, I, I can't, I can't. I and again, Steve, you want to talk about well balanced? There's mm-hmm. three players in the entire world over the. Actually, let me see if you can name them. I gave you one of them in Cantley. There's three players in the world that rank top twenty five in true strokes gained of all four major statistical categories. So, top twenty five in off the tee. Approach around the green and putting. There's only three of them. Can you name the other two after Cantlay?
2: I gotta guess Rory
1: is one of them. Rory is one of them. There's one more. Might be the Maybe. most. Ha- might be the most hated man in golf. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have guessed Xander. Okay. Yeah, it's Xander. So those are, you know, from a statistical standpoint, those are the three most well-rounded players in golf. I just don't understand how. One miscut, and suddenly there's a three next to Patrick Cantlay's name.
2: Yeah, I mean, a couple things on Cantlay that I'd be curious of your take too. Like, it sounds like he's going through some somewhat of an equipment change, like going to a heavier shaft. So, I don't know when exactly he made that change, but CP kind of dug that up last week, and that could have been earlier. It could have been at the start of the year. So maybe that explains like the slowish start. So that's one thing, but. You know, if this is a thinking man's golf course, I mean, Patrick Cantley, like he's the most insightful. I mean, everyone could gush over Rory McElroy all they want and all the quotes and, you know, thought provoking things that he says. And rightfully so. He's well-spoken and well-respected. But Patrick Cantlay is probably the smartest golfer in the world. He like he's philosophical. He's like so well-read and. I mean, for that reason, this place should really suit his eye. The UCLA connection is is great. So, yeah, I guess the only worry is the equipment stuff, but, I mean, these guys are so good. No, you should that's probably fa- figure that out. I,
1: I, that's fair. I didn't know about the equipment stuff. Can I read you Patrick Cantlay's top 10 favorite golf courses in the world? Yes. Yeah. Number 10 Valley Club, which is a top 10 favorite course of mine in the world. I'm going back right. there in a couple weeks. I think that is one of the... I I'm I'm an employee of golf digest now, so I will not besmirch the list, but I think that course is <laughs> is way too low. I love that golf course. It's a top ten course for me in the country. Number nine is Pasatiempo, Tiempo, which nice. is just like, geez, Patrick. Like that's bold, that,
2: but that's I love a it.
1: man with taste. Number yep. eight, Seminole, number seven, mm. Saint Andrews, mm. number six, Royal Melbourne. Patrick. Wow. Wow. Patrick. <laughs> one of us yeah. one of us
2: tugging at our heart
1: number five pine valley number four augusta- like, i know right
2: that's bold to call pine valley fifth on any list
1: well listen listen to the top yeah. five five pine valley four augusta national three riviera two wow. pep To Pebble Beach, which would be my only qualm with this entire list. And I can't even, like, it's the most gorgeous walk in golf. I can't even make too much of a qualm with it. Number one, Cypress Point. Can you believe that? I mean, that's a guy, that is, I mean, that is really good taste.
2: I'm a little emotional. Hearing you read that, Andy, to be honest, that's uh,
1: right, that was that like was beautiful. This guy, yeah. this guy, he's <laughs> <it's> got, <laughs> got Positiepo Valley Club and Royal Melbourne in his top 10. So what a good, guy. so I good. I mean,
2: well thought out. Where Where was that list from, by the way? Not to give uh, a free plug to
1: anybody, but it's a competitor of us.
2: All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: that's fair. Enough. Well
2: done. You're you're already a well, I'm already well oiled golf digest person, yeah, that boy.
1: But no, I, I just I, I can't I I was shocked that I saw Pasatiempo Tiempo and Valley Club in there where the two like wow a
2: little Cali boys, bias,
1: but yeah, a little Cali bias, but those yeah. aren't most people don't know Valley Club or Pasatiempo, Tiempo, right? Those aren't, you know, and yeah. you have to really like go on a pilgrimage too to play Royal Melbourne, right? So I mean yeah. it's not like it's not like there are a lot of people out there that are, you know, anyway. Point being, I like Can'tlay at Riviera for all of the reasons that we just talked about. Is there anyone else in this range before we dive a little bit deeper? You want to give a shout to?
2: Well, maybe Jay. Yeah. I don't know that I'll get there, but I I like was very impressed, and you know was paying attention closely this weekend with Phoenix because I bet him. I I think he's very close. I think, and you pointed out the approach play numbers uh, from Tori and. You know, that's what got me on him at Phoenix. And the ball striking was still really good. And yeah, he backed he's it got, up. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got as complete of a game as really anyone on tour. So I, I think Riv should fit his eye. But yeah, I don't know. There's so many great options at the top that I probably won't get there.
1: Yeah. I was close on Sung J2. I ended up, yeah. I ended up betting a 35 on Cameron Young, who I feel like has been a will just a just a hair forgotten this week. And you know, he was pretty, he was pretty ho-hum in in Phoenix. Right. But I, I still think this is a guy that's like really on the precipice of something special. And people forget last year, like this was a two man race pretty much between him and Neiman down the stretch. I mean, Cameron Young shot seventeen under at Riviera last year. That yeah. wins Riviera every single year in the last two decades, right? Like, right. yeah, he, he just ran into a freight train with Neiman, and I still think that you know the flavor of the week changes so quickly. And everyone was gushing over this guy to start the season just a couple weeks ago, and and I haven't heard much talk about Cameron Young at all this week, despite us going to a course that actually suits his game very well. He's another guy where it's like really underrated short game. It's not JT level, but like it gets completely overshadowed by his, um, by his power off the tee, but he's got a really good short game. And, And I, I just, I think that it, oh, it happens every time with these guys. It's like, we fall in love with these guys And then they end up doing it on the week where it's like, oh, man, like I bet Cameron Young six weeks in a row. And now like, so (laughs) I I just I I, this is a guy that I'm I'm sticking with this season. And I I I think he's I think he's damn, damn close.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, he burned a lot of people last week because everyone caught like big time numbers early. Now
1: no one's on him. Yeah. And now he'll be low
2: owned in DFS compared to everyone Mm -hmm. else in this range. So I think it's a good call. Plus. He's on the Jersey Jabronies. Jersey Jabronis team. Jabronis. I mean, it's everything's coming up Jabronis right now.
1: So. what would you pick him? You probably picked him in the top twelve, right? He was a yeah. He was my hunter.
2: second pick. Yeah, so I was fourth. So yeah, sixteenth. So yeah, a great value.
1: Yeah, I mean that's really good value. So okay, I'll I'll ask you kind of rapid fire on some of these guys because I have a dinner with my with my mom that I need to get you. Couple quick questions for you first though. Will Salatoris, where do you stand on Will right now? Because this is a guy that, you know, what are you doing skipping Phoenix if you're not, you know, it's a $20 million purse at one of the most fun tournaments of the year. And, you know, this guy loves it. I was listening to him on no laying up like he would have loved a tournament like Phoenix. So why? Why isn't he playing? That's that's my concern with him this week.
2: I think that tells you all you need to know about his his injuries that he couldn't he couldn't get it up for Phoenix. It wouldn't a hundred percent shock me to see that he WDS before the tournament. To be honest, really? I, just, I think he, he's going through some stuff. That's kind of like reading the tea leaves a little bit. So total RN.
1: total stay away for 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 you at this moment in time.
2: At this moment, his skill set matches this place you know perfectly. But I'm just worried about the back stuff.
1: Okay, fair enough. I'm with you. What about Fitzpatrick? Same thing, right? Like, I mean, not same thing because he played last week, but he didn't yeah. look great.
2: Yeah, you know, made the cut, but like, as you know, Andy, like, if, if someone's going through neck and back stuff, like playing three weeks in a row is really not tough. Idea. He was ob- obligated to play Pebble, and now like these two big weeks, I'd still probably stay away. Here, he plays difficult golf courses great he, he actually has good history here but yeah i'm probably still staying away i'd rather wait and see on both of those guys i think
1: okay we're gonna play uh to wrap up or we're gonna play a quick game rapid fire that i have started to enjoy doing with my guests where i'll give you you have to just pick you have to pick one guy assuming they're essentially the same price if you had to just bet one of them jason day or ricky fowler
2: <laughs> it's gotta be Jason day. Yeah. I mean, he's been
1: horrendous Rick- at Riviera though. Have you looked at that? Has history? It's like the most shockingly bad course history I've ever seen. He's been like horrendous at Riviera and I don't understand it at all. I, I thought it'd be a pretty good golf course for him.
2: Yeah, I would think so too. That's interesting. But I mean, the Ricky stuff last week makes sense. I don't know about here. So I think yeah. it's still Jay day.
1: I'm with you. I would pick, I would actually pick day over Fowler right now too. Justin Rose or Adam Scott?
2: Oh, here, I think Scott. Yeah, he loves this place on the record of it. saying it's one of his favorite courses. So, yeah, I, I think he's kind of live at like 60, 70 to 1 this week. So, yeah, it's it's Adam Scott for me.
1: Taylor Montgomery or Sahith Tagala?
2: I go Cali vibes with Tagala, I think. Yeah. I think he like made his first tour start here back when he was still at Pepperdine. So, yeah i think this place probably suits him better than montgomery
1: yeah i'm with you on the gala okay last one and then i want to ask you about if you want to give a shout to any other long shots too uh shane lowry or tommy fleetwood
2: man that's another tough one i know you're um i'm I'm good at last week (laughs) (laughs) it seems you know your segment pretty well god Lowry, the numbers were really bad last week on Lowry, but I'm inclined to go back to him, even though Fleetwood has a pretty good skill set here with the scrambling yeah. prowess. I like them both, so that's a cop-out answer, but Me maybe Lowry over Fleetwood.
1: Me too. I like them both. I'm going to go right back to both of them. Um, okay, do you have anybody else that you want to shout out, not necessarily as an outright, but top 20 guy or anything like that?
2: You know... Yeah. I think Keith Mitchell is, is a good, uh, a yeah. good look for matchups and stuff. He He's playing mm-hmm. really well. Uh, so good it's not right like he, now. yeah, you don't need distance here, but it doesn't hurt. He's kind of just had like complete control of his, his golf ball over the last month or so. Uh, when we had him on the loop podcast, no big deal. Uh, he told <laughs> us he, he was really close all around. It's just kind of like uh, the wedges that you know he needs to figure out. Well, which he's you're really not gonna you're
1: not going to hit a ton of wedges. You're not hitting year. a lot of wedges here. Yeah. So
2: I like Keith Mitchell, and then Adam Hadwin, who I know you were on last week guy, too, Andy. Yeah. yeah, I think he has another good week here. So
1: I like that. I can't believe we made it a whole podcast without saying anything mean about Chris Powers. I'm like, kind of <laughs> say, I'm I'm honestly kind of disappointed in us.
2: Are you going to give me the open floor now? Because that's dangerous.
1: Well, here's the thing: is it's like. <laughs> he he's never gonna listen which is that's like,
2: why i feel very comfortable saying yeah
1: he, he's literally he's literally him. never gonna listen and i get like let me ask you do you listen to your own podcast ever
2: i don't so i, he I can't do it li- i can't do no it, i can't ever. either but he yeah. listens to our podcast every week like that's
1: that's crazy to me because i hate listening to my podcast i yep. never do it But he will not listen to golf podcasts, which I like. I kind of understand. I don't listen to a lot of golf podcasts either. I like supporting my friends, but like after a certain point, like I do so much golf content per week that like sometimes when I'm driving, I want to hear somebody talk about football or basketball or movies or something like that. But Powers like won't even support his friends
2: supporting your friends is the biggest thing like just press play on your podcast andy and put it on mute when he's just sitting around (laughs) no he he wouldn't even bother to do that uh i don't get it i I don't get it to be honest but he'll listen to his own voice so yeah i think
1: the only times he's probably listened (laughs) to my podcast are the times when he's been a guest if not even yeah yeah
2: it's Um, it's sad
1: uh so okay so who you got on the loop this week
2: Oh, a legend. I don't want to jinx it because we're recording it tomorrow, but... You don't uh, have to Brian, say
1: who it is. You that's okay.
2: That you we'll want. say it. Brian Erlocker, the uh, legendary Hall of Fame linebacker, uh, he's played a big, in the... Waist... He's, a,
1: he's a big live guy, isn't he, right?
2: Is he? Oh, yes. maybe we'll get into that tomorrow. Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: You might be be prepared to get into that. I think he was. <laughs> Somebody screenshotted he was liking some live tweets. So be prepared to get into that. I okay. know you you navigate that stuff really well. But, yeah, but, but, that's fine. I, this also could, I could be off. It could be another football player that I just got <laughs> completely mixed up, but yeah. So anyway, uh, there, there he is. Everything good with, with, with Tegan, right?
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. We got our little 18 month old sprinting around at home. So no, was that, well, was, was that good. what that just was? Oh, I was plugging in my computer charger. It was about to die. So, oh, okay. So yeah, Erlocker's gonna be great. He just played in the waste uh pro am as Hell well. Yeah. So May,
1: who knows? Maybe he's a, you know, maybe he's the PGA tour dick rider then. There you go. Never know. He could be. We'll <laughs> who, find who, out tomorrow. I'll let you can, know. Who can say? Anything else you gotta plug before before we get out of here? Any cool new stuff that you guys got going on over at the website or magazine?
2: I don't think so. I think uh you're you're familiar with Place to play. Um, mm-hmm. That is officially live on GolfDigest.com. It's going to overtake Golf Pass and all these other Fugazi golf review websites. It's going to be. I know. I just... was
1: cons- I was consulted in the Los Angeles section.
2: That's right. You were. Yes. <laughs> so that that article is live, thanks to your uh, LA advice. Apropos this week. So yeah, everyone should go check out that. That's. You're going to be able to like review golf courses as a reader. Oh, that's next really week. Cool. Yeah. So it'll be cool. So it'll be like the Yelp of golf courses. So that'll be sweet. I'm excited about that. So
1: awesome. Yeah. Steve, that, was, just uh, uh, cranking out golf bets. Cranking you know? out golf bets. Yeah. We like that. Um, Football do. season's over. So we're going to have to. Do you bet the NBA at all? God, no. No. Yeah, I can't bet such, the NBA. Is... I'm a big
2: college basketball guy.
1: That's what I was going to say is you're kind of a college guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'll have to ask you for some college stuff then, because like, you know, every time I think, oh, I'm a huge NBA fan. Like I'd never miss next game. Still, I I know about the NBA, listen to a lot of NBA podcasts and follow the NBA pretty closely. God, what a frustrating sport to bet on with this load management thing. Right. I mean, it is a pain in the fucking ass. It's like, oh, hey, guess what? John Morant's like not playing tonight, but the game starts in 12 minutes. Sick. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I mean, it's, it, that's a crap shoot, man. It's just, I mean, it's
1: ridiculous. And I, I'll bet the playoffs, I think, will probably be easier, but it's just, it's the regular season is such a shit show.
2: Yeah. College basketball is great. I would watch any random college basketball game on like a Wednesday night. Right? That's how much of a truther I am. Like Texas Southern and Southern University starting. Oh, it started at nine o'clock Eastern. So I got a bet on that. I'm going to be watching. Yeah, man, that that's my sport. So
1: how are we looking this year? Duke wise. What do you think about Duke? You Just Do you just hate Duke like every other <laughs> insane person? You know, I'm a,
2: you know, I'm a Kentucky basketball fan. So we, we I, have to hate Duke. I do know that. So. That you know, there's than being been two... a
1: UNC fan, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, you know, Christian Leitner broke my heart when I was four years old, so <laughs> never, I'll never get over that. <laughs> yeah, Duke is, I mean, it's weird because, you know, Coach K used to get every call. Now Duke's getting screwed on a bunch of these, like, last second things. Duke fans aren't used to that. Welcome. Yeah, I've, to... got, I've
1: got a couple group chats that still, I, I don't really hold, like, a ton of allegiance, like I don't follow, I get into March madness, but I don't follow yeah. Duke regular season basketball the way that I used to, but I'm still in a couple group chats that have been pretty outraged this year.
2: Yeah. And rightfully so they got screwed, especially against UVA the last game. So
1: yeah, they'll be
2: like, they'll win a game or two in the tournament that I don't think they're that good this year, but yeah. a lot of parody all over college basketball. So it's kind of a wide open year to be honest.
1: All right, Steve, I got to get out of here, my friend, but it was good to see you, buddy. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, thanks
2: for having me, Andy. Appreciate it, man. All
1: right. That is it for the podcast. You can find me next week on this feed, Talking Honda Classic. Want to give one more special thanks to rickrengood.com. Special thanks to Stephen Hennessy, And we will see you next time. Cheers. If I between the viaducts of your dream, where mobile steel rims crack, and the dead center back roads stop.